And this is the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I, I've kept these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked, and he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but for God, for God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This last 19 months or so have been difficult. It's been difficult physically, emotionally, spiritually, and people have found all kinds of different ways to cope with these realities. I look around and, and some people have cleared out their houses after years and years of putting that work aside. Some people learned a new instrument or a new language, and other people just collected unnecessary amounts of Star Wars toys. You know, whatever it takes to cope, right? And, and as it turns out, that coping mechanism of mine was laid barren before me in our recent move, as tub after tub of Star Wars toys made its way into storage. All the toys I could not afford as a kid, but now I've got that church money and I can buy those toys, right? And then it's the display case after display case of Legos as well that I didn't even know I needed until I became an adult that are now safely stored away. And it's been great because it's actually helped me to form new relationships, a shared interest with other collectors and also with my kids, whom I would never actually share my toys with, by the way. But you see, this is important because today I feel like I'm being directly called out by Jesus. You see, I have all of this really great sort of stuff. I'm certainly the envy of my kids. I'm the envy of the movers who, who actually asked if they could take pictures of some of my Legos just because it was that impressive, let me tell you. And it's with that that I feel called out by Jesus when his instructions today are pretty straightforward. Get rid of all of your stuff, give the money to the poor, and then follow me. 
And look, I'm savvy on that secondary market. I can buy and sell with the best of them on eBay, but do I really need to get rid of all my stuff in order to follow Jesus? No, I'm seriously asking. I mean, do I? Because if that's the case, I need to find a new job because this just isn't going to work out for me. You see, Jesus just got done blessing the children and he blessed them and said to them, to these, they have inherited the kingdom of God. Children are the one who have inherited the kingdom of God. And on that note, he goes back out and he begins traveling once more. And that's what leads him to an unnamed man today. An unnamed man with a prevalent, simple, yet difficult question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And this whole interaction actually would be moot had that man simply been there for what Jesus had just said. If he had been there for this exposition with the children, he would know that it's already his as a child of God. But alas, he wasn't there, and so the question yet remains. And it's worth noting that the question itself, I think, is pretty flawed. It's a bad question to ask. Because you see, he's asking, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, the truth of the matter is an inheritance isn't something you earn. It's something that is given. You can't do things to get an inheritance. It's simply given to you. And that might be why Jesus ultimately just ignores the question altogether, which he does quite often, ignores the question and instead asks him about the commandments, particularly those interpersonal ones, the ones dealing with human relationships with each other. And he starts to name these commandments. And you can just tell that the guy is checking off the boxes as Jesus recites them to him. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, yeah, no, good, good. Check, check, check. Perfect, perfect. In fact, he says, I've done these my entire life. I've done these things since my youth. What we end up finding out is this man isn't just rich materially, but he's rich morally as well. And we're told then at that point, Jesus loves this man. He loves this man and then gives him a puzzling command, a to-do list. And the to-do list is that selling everything and giving it away. And it's so shocking that we're told that this man is grieved. Now, he could be grieved because he doesn't want to do it, right? Like myself, he has no interest in selling his Lego collection. And so he's grieved at the mere thought. Or maybe, maybe he's grieved because he knows he's going to do it. And he knows that life is going to never be the same thereafter. And not only is grief a response, but the disciples themselves declared this ask to be impossible. It's impossible to do this thing. And I think they're right. I don't think Jesus actually expects the man to follow through and to do this. But I do think that in challenging him, he will get to see what God has already done. See, it's ingrained in us in many ways in this capitalist and Western society to equate things like wealth and status and stuff with blessedness, right? We like to do that. How blessed are you? My boys are all the time. Oh, how blessed. Oh, you have such cool stuff. I know, kids, get a job and you can have them too, right? This is how our minds work. And this man is blessed, But Jesus is showing him that he's not blessed exactly how he thought he was, how he imagined he was. Because the kingdom of God, you see, reimagines the very definition of blessing itself. And when Jesus asks him about those commandments, he's revealing to the man what blessedness looks like in that kingdom. Relationships. Relationships and mutual care and love for the other. Caring relationships. 
And when he tells him to get rid of everything and give it to others, he's saying you can realize the fullness of what God's kingdom will bring if you're willing to go to that extreme. And again, I don't think Jesus expects the man to do it. And even if the man does it, it won't matter. Because again, you cannot earn an inheritance. It's a gift that is given. And this gift of eternal life, this gift of the kingdom, has already been given through Jesus Christ, who gave all on the cross, who will give all on the cross, that all may have the gift of salvation. And this gift, though, this gift is not necessarily easy. While it might be free, God's grace and God's salvation is free, it is anything but cheap. And that is certainly the theological position that Dietrich Bonhoeffer took as he resisted the Nazi regime in Germany. This is what he had to say about grace. He says, Costly grace is the gospel which must be sought again and again and again, the gift which must be asked for, the door at which a man must knock. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow, and it is grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. It is costly because it costs a man his life, and it is grace because it gives a man the only true life. This man asks this question of Jesus, seeking the thing that he already has, God's love, God's grace, God's mercy and forgiveness. He is seeking that which he already knows, a new and true kind of life. And what I appreciate most about this selection from our gospel today is that Jesus, I believe, ends with a much more realistic first step. And his first step is simple. Follow. Follow. And what I love is that his next move is to literally turn to his disciples, those whose call has been to follow, and he looks at them and he calls them children. And not in a condescending way, but in a very positive and uplifting way. He looks at them and calls them children, knowing full well that he just said that it's children such as these that have inherited the kingdom. He reminds them that the kingdom is already theirs. They are already blessed with that gift. And now their call is to follow and to bless others. And that, that is the key to this text. The issue isn't wealth. Wealth isn't the problem here. It's the mis conceived notion that that wealth can give you ultimate and eternal life. It's putting trust in the wrong things. It's putting ultimate trust in something other than God's grace and God's mercy and love, which is always and will always be a free gift. Hobbies are great. Having collections is wonderful, but mission, mission is essential. And at St. Paul, I don't know if you know our mission statement, but it's really easy. Our mission statement is this. Loved by God, we are called to grow, care, give, and share in Jesus' name. And now that mission statement long predated my ministry here, but it's a really cleverly written one. Because notice where it starts. It starts with God's love, which is the exact same place where the interaction with this rich man starts. Jesus' love for the man is what allows him to encourage him to think outside the box, to do incredible things beyond what seems even possible. And that's what we've been called to do here, 
to start by recognizing that we are loved. And it's through that love that we continue to grow. And then we share that love and we care with that love. And we do all of those things and we give that love so that the community around us may look more and more like the kingdom of God. Because the truth of the matter is this. We already have everything we need. We just have to realize it. And then we need to be able to follow Christ in sharing it. So thanks be to God for each and every one of you who have made this your mission here, this day, and always. Amen.